I want to share with you this morning here just the thought we're calling, calling the faithful. All right, calling the faithful. And this will be out of Psalm 126. So typically we like to talk before we get started, and today that'll be no different. Um, but we'll probably spend just a little less time here. I just I want to ask you to finish a sentence for me. All right. So if you're willing to do so, help me out here. Those who are faithful are what? Those who are faithful are what is it? Rewarded. Those who are faithful are believers, okay? Yes. Blessed, okay? Anybody else? What's a, think of it in a descriptive term. Like, how would you describe faithfulness? Those who are faithful, like when I think of it, those who are faithful are loyal. Or those who are faithful are dependent. Or those who are faithful are what? Committed, okay? Okay, somebody you can count on. Anybody else here? All right, well, there's probably lots of things we could list here, right? Those who are faithful, you can count on them, as you said. They're trustworthy. Their word means something to you. Um, they're going to be consistent, uh, right? They're not going to be wishy-washy, so they're just somebody who's going to continually do the right thing. They're committed to the right end, blessed, rewarded. All these things that you've shared here this morning could characterize what it means to be faithful. And so... From Psalm 126, we're definitely not going to try to wrap up what does it mean to be faithful. I just want to notice a few more characteristics from the author's perspective here for people who are faithful. Right, we're going to read this whole psalm, so get ready, it's six verses. This is about Israel. All right, They've been uh, in Babylonian captivity, so basically they've disobeyed God. God said this is the consequence, and they've been taken from their homes captive elsewhere. And now they're going to be released and there's going to be some great joy as they think about their great God and they want to display here some great faithfulness. And so we're going to listen to them sing. This is their song. And we're also going to ask God to challenge our hearts here today. All right. So Psalm 126 begins this way. <clears throat> when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. And then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. And the Lord has. He's done great things for us and we are filled with joy. So restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. And those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. So here this morning, we're going to look into these six verses and try to pull out a few things that connect with being faithful. What's it mean to be faithful? What are some characteristics or qualities of people who are faithful? All right, so let's start here with the number one. This word was mentioned already. The faithful are going to be committed. Right? To be faithful means you're committed, and you're committed to sowing. But notice this, it's sowing even when it's hard. Right? Sowing doing the right thing even when it is hard. <clears throat> so in our text here, you read about some people, they've had some great highs, but they're also experiencing some great lows. 
And they're trying to navigate this stuff that is hard for them. Alright, so when you think of sowing and reaping, what group of people do you think of? Alright, farmers. So, were the nation of Israel, were they farmers? And this isn't necessarily saying the, all these people, that's what they were physically doing. They all went out and took seed and sowed seed. Uh, it's metaphor, right? It's speaking of some of the things that they were having to deal with in their life. Uh, some of the difficulties that they had been through. So, the nation of Israel was told by prophets, listen, if you disobey your God, here's what's going to happen. And you're going to have consequences for that. Right? Did you ever have that in your home? If you do this, then you can expect this? Did you ever have follow-through on that? We've all got stories of follow-through, don't we? Parents or grandparents who are faithful. Don't do that, or you're going to get this, and I did it, and I got that. Okay? God sent prophets to the nation of Israel and said, don't do this, or you're going to get that. And they said, ah... We're going to go worship other gods. We're going to marry other people. We're not going to submit wholly to Him. And sure enough, then here's what happened. Right? So they were taken from their homes and they were led away captive. And they stayed there for many, many years. And the result of uh, all this was that they began to see that it was hard to be faithful. <clears throat> and so for them, their sowing initially was a process of tears of repentance. Right? Tears of repentance. So they are literally crying tears. They're literally sowing in tears. Right? It's the brokenness. It's like when Jesus said, blessed are they that mourn. That seems to be like uh, two things that don't go together. How can there be blessing over mourning? Well, when there's a brokenness over your sin that leads to repentance, faith in Christ, then there's a blessing there. Blessed are they that mourn. And so these people are beginning to realize the blessing of sowing in tears. All right? Just exactly what God said would happen. We're now led away captive. Father, we are sorry for what we have done. We repent of our sins. And we're asking You to return us to our land. Uh, so this was something that ultimately would lead them out. So let's look at it again here. Verse 5, Those who sow with tears are going to reap with songs of joy. Now, don't you know that the day of their pronouncement of deliverance was an awesome day? And that had to be a fantastic day. We sang this morning, my chains are gone, I've been set free. Right? For them, that was kind of a literal way of thinking. They had been bound, they had been captive, and now they're being pronounced free. Right? That's beautiful. That's awesome. That's just one of those things that makes you wonder, is this true? Is this really happening? You ever had that moment? You know, kind of pinch me moment? Like, did I just really experience that? The Bible says that they were so happy, right? That it was like a dream to them is what verse 1 says. We can't believe that we are being released. And I'm sure you've had some sort of experience to, to that end. But for them, this had been a long period of years. So don't get the picture that they had been led captive for a day and repented and God led them out the next day. They had been led captive because of years of disobedience. They were held captive for years. And now they're going to return from captivity. Also, that's going to take years as well. So it was going to happen in waves. It wasn't one big movement of people. One king let this group go. The next king, when he came to reign, let the next group of people go. Three or four kings it took to finally return all the captives. Uh, so for them, I'm sure that had to be something in their life that was hard. Those who were able to return while those who were still held captive had to stay behind. 
uh, and I'm sure for them as well, those who were left behind felt like they wanted to give up. Right? Sometimes it gets hard to be faithful. Sometimes when I'm sowing, whatever it is that I'm sowing, it's hard to be faithful in doing. So what does that have to do with you and I today? Right? Anybody facing captivity? No, anybody afraid of being taken from your home? <laughs> uh, all right. Maybe that is true for, for you here this morning. You may feel like you're being held captive. But if we're not held captive, we've definitely got things that challenge us to be faithful. Right? There are things that come against us that cause us to ask the question, is this worth it? I just don't feel like I keep going this route and it just isn't panning out for me. I just don't think it's worth it. Anybody have something in your life that is like that? This is hard and I just don't feel like doing it anymore. Feel free to answer if you've got one. Do you have something like that? What causes you to want to quit? How about a broken body? You know, the broken body, it just kind of, it's painful. I can't do what I once was able to do. And so I'm just now, I'm so focused on taking care of me that I can't even think about anything else. So what I do, I quit sewing, which is doing the work of the Lord, or I quit doing all the things that I should be doing because I'm so wrapped up in myself. Right? Maybe you understand that. Maybe you've had a broken body. And maybe in some other way your life has been broken. And you found it hard just to keep going. Maybe you've prayed and prayed and prayed for God to move and to work in a certain way and He hasn't done so. And you said, you know what? This isn't worth it. You remember Asaph we talked about here recently? He noticed the prosperity of the wicked and he said, my righteousness has been foolishness. What an idiot I've been to pursue the Lord and get punishment and affliction. And look at all these wicked people, how they are prospering. To him, he thought there for a while, it just wasn't worth it. I wonder about people right now sitting on the coast down there in Florida praying and asking God to redirect the storm only for that storm to come right over their house. Wipe things out. Do you think there are people right now, believers who are down in that area thinking, man, is this worth it? Like He's not hearing my prayer. And we have begged God ever since we heard this was shifting and coming our way. And it's like it's coming to our front door on purpose. I mean, if I was in that, I would have to think I'm probably wondering, why are you doing this to me? I mean, you made it shift this way. Why couldn't you make it shift that way or allow it to shift that way and do something different? I'm sure there are things like that going through their head. And by the way, there are people in our church family right here who have family in that area who are going to be facing this storm head on. And there are people in this room who have good friends in that area who are going to face this storm head on. So make sure when you think about it that you're praying for people just like you who are asking questions, maybe just like what we're asking here. Is this worth it? Am I supposed to keep honoring God even though my life is destroyed here? I've got to start over. Is it really worth it? Because it doesn't seem like I'm getting much in return. See, these things can cause us to question whether or not it's really worth it to be faithful to God. See, sometimes sowing is hard and what we're saying here is that it requires commitment. It requires commitment to do hard things. I've heard Miss Penn say to her cross-country runners, you know, this is hard, but we can do hard things. Right? We don't check out on God because it's difficult. You know, God never said, follow me, and it's easy. What He's promised is that it will be a struggle. It will be difficult, but He's also promised that I'm going with you through this. 
Think about Paul. Remember Paul? Paul prayed out to God and said, listen, there's an infirmity in my body. Right? There's a demon that is working against me. And I'm asking you to take this thing from me. And the Bible says he prayed three times for the Lord to remove this. It's hindering my work. It's hard for me to be committed, God. If you just get rid of this thorn of the flesh, then I would be willing and much more able to go do what you're asking me to do. What does God say in return? Okay, I'll remove your thorn and I'll make it easier for you. No. He says, hang in there, Paul. You know why? Because my grace is sufficient for you. That's what you need to know. It's going to be hard. right? It's going to be hard in your life. And there are things that are going to be hard in my life. And yet what it's required to be recognized as the faithful is to be committed to doing the hard thing or the right thing even when it is hard. Sowing when it's hard is still our responsibility. So if His grace is sufficient for Paul, all I'm trying to tell you this morning is that His grace is sufficient for you as well. So keep working. When you think you can't work anymore, when you say to yourself, I can't do what I once could do, okay, but what can you do? If you're still breathing, you still have purpose here. And that's a God purpose. So what can you do rather than, I can't do that anymore? Let's don't let that be our cop-out or our back door. But let's just pummel heaven with prayer. What do you want from me? I'm still breathing. I want to be useful. Open the door. Lead me an opportunity. Just give me wisdom in how to use my life. It is hard, but I'm committed. So show me the way. All right. Keep fulfilling your purpose. Keep praying when you don't see any results. That's hard. You ever pray and pray and pray for somebody and it's like they get worse and worse and worse? And I'm praying for them to come to faith and they keep getting further from Christ. And it's like, what is going on here? They were better off when I wasn't praying. Now you be committed to that end and you keep praying and you keep praying. Pray for that spouse. Pray for that child. Pray for that friend. Pray for that coworker. Pray for your classmates. God, draw these people to you. I know it's hard, but help me stay the course. Love your spouse. Is that ever hard? Don't shake your head. Yeah, it is. It's hard sometimes, right? It's just part of it. But what we're saying is, we've got to be committed to doing what's right even when it's hard. Well, I don't feel like it. I'm not getting anything in return. doesn't matter. Do the right thing even when it's hard. Be committed even when it's not coming back to you the way that you think it should be. Keep training your children. Keep loving and praying and leading your grandchildren. Man, it's like, I feel like I'm going to be in heaven like that. And I don't feel like I'm dying. I feel like that's how fast life goes. It's like I don't have enough time to invest in my children what I feel like I need to invest in them. They're going to be out of my home too quickly. And sometimes you get stressed with life and you've got lots of stuff going on and it's like, man, I don't have time to talk. I don't have time to do the things I want to do. It's hard. You know what? It is hard. But keep doing the right thing even though it's hard. Keep loving your children. Keep praying over them. Keep sharing God's Word with them. Keep inviting them to return to the table. See, they said here in this text, if we're going to... They've got... They reaped with songs of joy, right? If we're ever going to reap with songs of joy, what have we got to do? We've got to sow with tears. 
I'll make you a promise today. You'll never reap what you never sow. We'll make just the flip side of that promise here in just a minute. But the faithful, they're committed. We said they're trustworthy and they're loyal and they're blessed, and they certainly are. But here in this text, we see they're committed to doing what's right even though it's hard. So don't quit. You students, and you look at some of your projects in your class or assignments that are due, and you think, man, I'm not sure I can get this done. You know what? You just take the next step. Is homework supposed to be hard, everybody? You guys remember homework? Right? It's supposed to be hard. If you knew it already, we wouldn't be sending you to school. Learning is supposed to be a struggle. It's supposed to be a challenge. Taking care of yourself is supposed to be a challenge. So don't give up because it's hard. Be committed and do the right thing even though it's hard. I, I don't know. I think I have shared this with you before. In West Plains, my pastor there, uh, Brother Ronnie, I about called him Uncle Ronnie. Brother Ronnie Blanks, we would sit down at the end of the year in December and we'd plan out the next year. So like this December 2017, we'd plan out everything for 2018 church related. And that first year we did that, I sat there and I was just overwhelmed. Like all the stuff we're trying to get done and how much money it's going to take and how many volunteers it's going to take and how are, there's no way we can do all this. And I guess he could sense that in me because he said, Corey, you know how you eat an elephant? That's kind of random. No. How do you eat an elephant, Brother Ronnie? He said, one bite at a time. One bite. And I've never forgotten that. For a guy who can get overwhelmed in details, I've just reminded, all I can do is take the next step. Right? So we can talk about, well, I'm going to have this disease for the rest of my life and it's going to limit me. Alright, but what's your next step? These assignments are so hard, I'm never going to get everything done by midterm. Alright, what is your next step? Do the hard thing, be committed to the hard thing, or do the right thing even though it's hard. The faithful are committed. And that's true in every respect as a Christian. Faithful to witness. Faithful to pray. Faithful to read. And I'll promise you, it'll be uncomfortable. It'll be costly. It'll be exhausting. It'll be inconvenient. But the faithful are committed. And they're committed to that end, regardless of how hard it may seem. All right? Two here, the faithful are promised that a day of reaping will come. And that's important to keep in view. They're promised that a day of reaping is going to come. Now, let's get this clear right up front. We don't sow so that we can reap. Right? That makes everything I do then about me. I'm going to give this so I can get this in return. That's my motivation. So I'm giving this 10 bucks so that God in return has to bless me with 20 No, He didn't promise that. So we've got to get the proper order, the proper motivation in understanding the process of sowing and reaping. So why do you give? You give as an act of obedience. You give as an act of worship. You give in partnership with what God's doing Locally and around the world, we give to participate in the movement of God. We give as an act of obedience. What about when we pray? I pray so that I get in return. No, I pray to show that I'm dependent on the Lord. Again, here it's an act of worship, worship and trust. And I'm going to leave the results to Him. I trust you with whatever you're going to bring as a result of my praying. Trusting the Father to be faithful. Right? He's the rewarder. He's the one who will bless His church. What He's asked us to do to be faithful and sowing. Here in verse 6, here again, those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying their sheaves 
with them. And so here again is this promise. Those who sow will get a return. Those who sow will reap. It will happen. Okay? What does that look like? I can't tell you that. I can't tell that to myself. But what we do know is that those who sow will reap. And Paul said some very similar words here in Galatians chapter 6. Let's work our way through these here. He says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Do you know that to be true? Right. So in some ways, we've probably reaped foolishness and we've reaped or sown foolishness and reaped the consequences of that foolishness. And we've probably sown some faith and we've reaped the blessing from that faith. Trust in our God. He's been faithful and He's seen us through things of that nature. Don't be deceived. You'll reap what you sow. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. However, or whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Alright, so we're looking long term here. Verse 9, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. And therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Do you think Paul knew that sowing was hard? Right? Why would Paul say to these Galatian believers, don't grow weary? That's because they were going to grow weary. He himself had probably found himself sitting in a cell or left for dead somewhere thinking, this is hard. I just don't know that I can keep pressing on here. I can't do this by myself. And so he's encouraging them, don't grow weary. Saying it's going to be hard. Be committed to do the hard things. Don't grow weary, but rather keep doing what's right because there's a day of reaping coming. And what he says, it might happen on this planet or it might not. The promise is for when? Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap what? Eternal life. And so initially, I get life here and I get to live this life for how much longer I have here from the perspective of eternity. And this will be my blessing forever. Right? So don't get in the mindset that I've got to do this so I get this in return on this planet. What you might get from God is something that is eternal. You might sow in tears and never see what you want to see here. But trust God. God's faithful. And He will reward that. You will reap in one way or another, which is the promise of this principle of God. And So let's get some proper perspective here if we can. As I was preparing for today, there was a a little short little story I came across. Uh, and I'm going to share it with you here. But just to set it up, let's say it this way. What if the way that you're praying, you never see in your lifetime the answer to the way that you're praying? Is it worth it? What if you keep showing love and love and love and love and all you get in return is hate, 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 and hate? Is it worth it? I'm sowing kindness and all I'm getting is grief. I'm sowing my gifts here and all I'm getting is I feel like I'm getting nothing in return for as much as I'm giving. Is it worth it? Is anybody paying attention? And I don't mean you here. I just mean sometimes I live that way. Is anybody really noticing what I'm doing? I'm trying. It seems like it's not working. Well then imagine this. Imagine yourself on a giant stage like the one here behind me. Imagine that you're the only person on that stage. And on this stage, you are acting out your life. 
to an audience of one. None of us are in this room. You're up there giving your best performance. You're being kind. You're being generous. Alright? You're being forgiving. You're unconditionally loving people. You're getting to know the Lord through His Word. You're praying like crazy. And nobody around is seeing any benefit from what you're doing except God. Is it worth it? What the writer of this little story says, picture in your mind that your God is out here and He is watching and He's clapping. And He's cheering you on. Keep going, my son. Great job, daughter. Keep going. No, you may not be reaping what you want to be reaping in this world, but I see the bigger picture and I see your life. And I will bless that and I will reward that and you will reap from what you're doing. So don't quit. Don't give up. Be committed to doing the hard things knowing that your Father who's faithful has promised you will reap. You believe that? See, sometimes I'm going to plan things in such a way where I can try to manipulate reaping. What I've got to do is allow the Lord of the harvest, you remember Him, Jesus? The Lord of the harvest who looked out on there and said there's a lot of people who need to be saved, very few workers, entrust the reaping to the Lord of the harvest knowing that for those who are committed to sow, they will what? They will reap. You and I will reap. The great blessing I reap is that my Father is pleased. He's blessed. And ultimately, eternal life is mine. No credit to me. He's just promised. Whoever sows to please His Spirit, from that Spirit will reap eternal life. It's hard to be committed. And it's hard, but keep your eyes focused because He's promised. And He who promised is faithful. Right? He who promised is faithful. And that leads us to our third point here this morning. The faithful are people who are fully dependent on God to be faithful. And so those who will dare to sow when it's hard and those who will trust the results to God will be those who have come to know that God is Himself faithful. You dare to keep going even though it's hard. You dare to keep praying even though you don't see results. You dare to keep giving even though you don't see maybe it having some great impact. You dare to keep praying and to keep changing because you know God Himself is faithful. Now when this psalm starts off, there's a group of people who are celebrating. So much so, they're walking out of captivity like this is a dream. You remember when Peter was being prayed for while he was in prison? It's a lot of peas. And he was awakened and said he was going to be freed. And he just sat there for a minute like this is a dream. And he was let out. Shackles fell off. Doors open. Everybody else is asleep. And he gets to walk home. No issues. I mean, don't you know? He's just, I can't believe this. I cannot believe that my father has done this. So these people were just like in a dream that they had finally been freed. However, the actual release for all the captives, like we said earlier, was a period of years. So how hard would it be for us if there were a group of people over here and they had all been freed and we were still held captive? Would you be happy for these people? If you see them walking out in deliverance and you're still held captive, are you thankful to God for them? 
And this was a two-way street. These people here are excited for these people. And as these people are leaving, you'll read later here in verse 4, they're turning around and praying for God to keep on delivering the captives. Restore our fortunes, O Lord. Which literally means return the rest of the captives. Finish the work that you've started. And that's verse 4. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. And so bring back the rest of the captives just like you did for us. And what they knew was this. This group of people's faithfulness, or deliverance rather, they knew was all to the faithfulness of God. And so if God was faithful to move these people, they knew He was going to be faithful to do what? To deliver these people also. Alright? Your day's coming. Maybe it wasn't that day, but ultimately all those who were held captive were released. And so here's what they said in response to that. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are filled with joy. You know, in the text there, Initially, it says that the nation surrounded them, looked at these people being delivered, and they say of those people, the Lord has done great things for them. Look at what the Lord has done for them. Look at what He's doing for them. He's delivering them. Our King is now favorably um, looking on them, and He's going to provide money and silver and gold and building materials and construction workers and going to go help rebuild Wow, God is really showing you favor. Even the nations noticed how great they had been blessed. And so their response to them was, and yes, we are blessed. And we were filled with joy. See, what they knew is this. If God had been faithful in the past, then God will be faithful in the present. And if God says the captives are going to be set free, the captives are going to be set free. And that's all there is to it. Maybe it doesn't happen today. Maybe my day would be next week. But what I can know beyond a doubt is that the Lord would be faithful. Faithful in the future just as He was in the past. And that's just as true today, everybody. Has your God been faithful to you in the past? What are you afraid of? What are you worried about? Why are you saying this takes too long? And why is it I can't be patient? If God's been faithful in the past, and I've entrusted my life to Him who is faithful, don't you know He's going to be faithful in the future? Right, so walk with Him today. Trust Him today. Live your life today knowing that His deliverance is on the way. Whatever that might look like. So what is my response? You know, today's Grandparents' Day. I don't know if you know that or not. It's homecoming day for us here as well. But Grandparents Day made me think of my Grandpa Malone. And I've shared this with you before, but I remember standing out there next to that four-door champagne-colored Cadillac. He always wanted a caddy. And I had had the privilege of being able to speak at homecoming at my home church. And what a great day. And standing there with my Grandpa, and car door open, he's one of the last conversations I would have with him. We were talking about the church today and how cultures had changed and how times had changed. And he said, son, I don't know what sort of things you need to do because I was asking, like, I'm young in the ministry here. Grandpa, like, help me out. What are some things that you would do if you're in my shoes? And he said, all I can tell you, son, is to be faithful. Kind of nodded his head and got in his car and drove away. 
And that's the last thing he said to me. Now, does faithfulness mean everything goes our way? No. Does faithfulness mean I'll reap what I want? No. No, faithfulness just means that I'm entrusting my life, I'm committed to do the hard thing that God's asking me to do and to keep doing the right thing even though it's hard with my eyes looking forward knowing that He who's led me in this, He'll bring the reaping. He'll be faithful. And so I've just got to be dependent on the God who is faithful. And so maybe you sit here today and you're trying to navigate some things or figure some things out. Maybe for you it's just, God, I know you've been faithful in the past. Help me to trust you today. And when this uncertain thing pops into my life and becomes certain, when that unknown becomes known, when that next step that I don't want to take becomes the next step that I have to take, then help me. Help me trust that you'll be faithful in that moment just as you are now, just as you've been in the past. I know you'll do it again. You've done it before, you'll do it again, right? Fully depend on God to be faithful. So the faithful are many things. And we could list a bunch of those this morning. But here what we've said is that they're committed. Faithful people do the right thing even though it's hard. And they do so knowing that as they sow the right thing, they will reap. And God will bless that. The timing is His. He's the Lord of all of that. Our job is just to be faithful. And trust yourself to Him who is faithful, knowing that He will be faithful again. So, as we close here this morning, I just want to ask this. Like, if these are the markers of somebody who is faithful, do these markers mark us? Like, if you looked at my life, could you check the boxes? Corey's doing the hard things, or the right things, even though it's hard. He's got his eyes fixed on things that matter forever, not just temporarily. And he knows that as he keeps sowing, God's going to bless that. And he's depending on the Lord. Or do you see anxiousness and worry and fear and stress and someone who's trying to plan and figure everything out and program it to death? I don't know how you'd answer that. I don't know how I'd answer that. But if these are a few marks of the faithful, I just wonder, do they mark you? Are these true for you? And if not, then let's pray here together this morning. God, help me do what's right even though this is really hard right now. And help me know that as I do what's right, you will bless that in your way, in your time. So help me not put stipulations on it. God, I'm going to do this, but you better do that. I'll leave that to you. I'll just trust your promise that I'll reap because you're faithful.